Hey guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to the Thousand Movie Project Podcast. There's a coffee shop that I really like on Brickell Avenue. It's called Dr. Smood. It's got a really nice atmosphere. Um, it's very close to my apartment, and it's one of my favorite places in town to sort of sit and read and get some writing done for a couple of hours in the middle of the day. The only problem that I have with Dr. Smood is that everything on the menu is insanely expensive, which I don't really care about at the end of the day because I'm not there for the tea or the coffee or any of the food. The only reason I'm there is to sit around, get some work done. But I've got this fucking inner Karen that just refuses to let these things go, that takes an overpriced sandwich or cup of coffee as like a personal insult. What I generally get at Dr. Smood is a cup of green tea. And a cup of green tea at this coffee shop costs $5 exactly. And that, again, that's green tea. It is hot water with grass inside. It costs $5, or technically it costs $4 exactly, but when, now when you swipe your card, the option for a tip comes up, you don't get to do a percentage. You have to, like, the bare minimum tip that you can give is $1, and the cashier is staring at you with these penetrating eyes, like, trying to figure out whether you're gonna tip or not, and because I go there so often, I don't want to be the guy, like, the one guy who doesn't tip, or who says, oh, no, let me do a specialty tip, and then meticulous taps out point five zero and part of me thinks like why bother giving a tip if it's gonna be 50 cents that doesn't amount to anything but then I realize like I have this term for myself and like when I come home from work I call it scraggle cash scraggle cash is like the inconsequential ostensibly meaningless two dollars that people have left have dropped behind them as kind of like loose change as almost like a gesture at a tip, and it isn't much, you know, when you take it, but then by the end of the night, if eight or nine people have dropped, you know, $4, it amounts to something. And so I try to rationalize with myself, no, yeah, it's fine, it's okay to give a 50 cent tip off of a $3, you know, and 50 cent cup of coffee or, or cup of tea, because at the end of the day, this, the barista's scraggle cash will amount to, you know, will, will amount to something that, you know, that they can, they can put toward rent. Okay, so yeah, a, a cup of tea ends up costing $5, but here's the thing, I'm not actually paying for green tea. I'm paying for the opportunity to sit here in a comfortable ambient place and read a book or do some writing for, for a couple of hours. What I'm really doing when I go to Dr. Smoot is I'm renting space because I hate to be home. And five dollars seems like a, a totally, totally appropriate for two hours of comfort. What it doesn't seem appropriate for is a cup of grass water. Which again, the grass water is not what I'm buying. I consider that I should, I ought to consider the grass water as, as the door charge to a lounge. But it makes me want to quarrel with the barista and like the dialogue plays out in my head and I know that it's pointless. It is a, it is an argument that will go nowhere. Because what does the barista have to do with the price? Uh, she's behind the counter earning probably minimum wage. If I say, oh, this is so expensive, this is ridiculously expensive, she's gonna say, I'm just doing my job, sir. But for my inner Karen, that's not enough. And my inner Karen is gonna say, you know who else was just doing their job? The Nazis. You are morally compromised by working here. I hope you're happy. And I promise I suppress that sort of consumer pettiness like 99% of the time, but, but occasionally it sort of, it rises to a boil and it culminates in some sort of weird, awkward fucking confrontation. And it happened the other day, and that's why now I'm in this weird kind of detente with, with like the bartenders at the, at the bar where I spend most of my evenings. This bar that I go to, they have on their menu a really great 
hummus dish. They make their hummus in the back. It's pink, I forget why. So I get this hummus dish pretty often. And last month I started to notice week by week that the pita bread that they give with the hum with the plate of hummus has gotten smaller and smaller and fewer and fewer until finally, recently, they started lining the plate with exactly eight pieces of finger length, finger width strips of pita, which is not enough pita. And they know that it is not enough pita. They know that there will be so much hummus left on your plate that you will say, fuck it, let's get more pita. And so that's what I did the other night. I knew it was going to be like an underwhelming amount of bread. And I was there with my girlfriend and I was, and so I ordered the hummus plate and I was like, you know what? Along with it, may I have double pita. And I knew that it was going to cost three more dollars to get a little bit of extra bread, but that's fine. I put the order in, bartender comes back, he brings me the plate, and as usual, it has along the rim exactly eight dwarfish slivers of pita bread. But also there's a plate beside it, the double pita, except that little plate is lined with four dwarfish pieces of pita, which apparently I just could not fucking abide. So I called the bartender over after he had walked away, and this is a dude who serves me two or three times a week. I don't, I, I don't think he's thrilled with me just in general, not as a customer, but as a human being. And you know what was an, like, there was this important thing that I saw when I was a kid. Do you remember the cartoon Recess? It, you know, cartoon about a bunch of ragtag kids on a jungle gym, a group of friends, none of them looked the same. And there was a particular episode in which the leader of the gang, TJ, He's one of the most popular kids in his grade, and he sees that there's a student in their class who does not like him. So over the course of the episode, TJ starts bending over backwards, trying to win this kid's affection, trying to impress him something. But every gesture that he, that he attempts just ends up pushing this kid farther and farther away. Until finally, at the end of the episode, TJ cracks. And he goes up to the kid and he says, I'm trying so hard to get you to like me. Why don't you like me? Did I do something wrong? Just tell me. And this other student in class, without showing an ounce of sympathy, he says to TJ with a totally blank face, totally matter of fact, TJ, I just don't like you. There's no reason for it. I, I just really don't. So please stop trying. Which is a fucking great message to communicate to kids. And it seems like kind of brave. In retrospect, like to tell that kind of story on a kid's show, so that the fact that some people in life simply are not going to like you and you need to learn to be okay with that. And I think the reason why that is the one episode that has stayed with me all those years later is because something in like the base of my brain was saying like, this is critically important for me especially to learn. And so I must promptly forbid myself from ever absorbing the lesson. Which is why now fucking probably, I don't know, 20 years later, the fact that this bartender doesn't like me is upsetting. Anyways, I've realized that my double pita is not actually double pita. And so I flag the bartender over and he comes and he asks what's up. And rather than simply being an adult and suggesting that I would like a little more bread, I fucking try to, I like, I try to explain the situation. And it, it's like busy, it's a Friday night and I'm like, hey, sorry to bother, but just, I don't know if you've counted, but I've noticed like the cook, he always puts exactly eight pieces of pita on the bread, and it's like never really enough. So I remember like when you came and you took our order, I asked I asked for double pita. And he just stares at me, and he doesn't blink, just looking at me. Well, you uh, you brought the, an extra plate of pita, which I, which I appreciate, but it, I see like it's just four pieces on the plate, and that's not really double. Um, also, like not that it's here or there, but even if it was another eight pieces, I don't think that would really be enough for all the hummus that's on the plate. And then he interrupts me. 
What's the end game, Alex? What are you asking? He says it just like that. What is the end game, Alex? What are you asking? And my girlfriend was there, thank God, because the way that he said it, like, it just like crushed me into silence. And so she spoke up and she was like, he wants more bread. And the bartender goes, heard. And he steps off, tells a manager, and a few minutes later, the manager comes over to where we're sitting and he sets down in front of us a small plate that is piled with what I feel like I have to describe as a passive-aggressively huge amount of pita. Stephen King tells a story in his memoir about a friend who went to therapy to deal with his alcoholism. And when his therapist said to him, hey, how much, how much alcohol do you drink? The guy just sort of stammered for a second and then he went, all of it. This manager brought me all of the pita. A couple times since then, I've gone to the bar, I've ordered the pita and the hummus, and as I'm placing the order, I will see some bartender make a remark to another bartender, and then, a couple minutes later, I get a plate piled high with hummus and lined on the perimeter with a- with a- with what I think is a passive-aggressive amount of pita. And I end up feeling fucking bad about- like, I feel legitimately guilty, and I- my guilt makes me feel like I don't deserve the pita, and so I leave some behind, which I'm sure infuriates them to no end. Because now suddenly, I am- I have made myself the difficult customer. After a year of just coming in and having three or four pints of Vesasur IPA, simple as could be, now I have turned- I've created a problem because what? Because I'm getting what I want? I just can't win. I've created a situation for myself and for the restaurant in which nobody can win. I'm just compelled to like brood and brood over these perceived indignities having to do with money until they fester and culminate into some sort of awkward confrontation. And if the barista or the bartender were ever to actually say to me, Alex, seriously, why are you doing this? Why are you making a complaint about this? It really doesn't matter. I would simply have to fess up to them and say, there is a Karen inside of me and when she gets angry, I just follow orders. You've been listening to the Thousand Movie Project podcast, and if you like what you heard and you want to keep it rolling, you want to support the show, make sure it keeps coming out consistently, you can always become a patron by going to patreon.com and looking up Thousand Movie Project podcast, or if you want to get in touch with me for any reason at all, you can find me at the very pithy, succinct email address, thousandmovieprojectpodcast at gmail.com, which is, I think, as long as an email is allowed to be. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time.